Hey guys, spring training is in full swing. It's time to start thinking Yahoo Fantasy Baseball drafts. Flex your skills as a real GM. The new weekly scoring format makes it even easier. Use the Set Active Players feature to set your lineup for the week in one tap. Yahoo Fantasy Baseball is the official fantasy game of Major League Baseball. Sign up now at yahoo.com backslash fantasy baseball. Against All Odds is also brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. No matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. And now, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Master Tate Frazier, working the board. What's happening, Tate? Nothing much. Just got out of a, a, a screening, ran here, just started the podcast. Very excited, taking on Harry's team, Syracuse, right now. So it's going to yeah. be a fun podcast. We're going to try to get you out of here quickly. UNC plays Syracuse. Uh, this is the second round. I don't know. You, you had like a double bye or something. Yeah, the ACC, there's so many teams now that, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. like the NCAA tournament. You don't know when it really starts. It's, there's a first round, it's like a play in game situation. Mm-hmm. So, I guess this is technically the second round. I know you're confident, but I read a lot of people think a loss here and the Tar Heels are uh, NIT bound. (laughs) Have you been talking to my podcast partner, Mark Titus? Basically just Titus says that. Uh, We're going to have Tate and Titus on next week. I'm going to go all over the NCAA props. Um, This week we're going to go over Oscar props, combine props, uh, NBA tanking solutions. Uh, We're going to have conference tournament picks. We're going to dip into the mailbag. We're going to do this all with my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, a degenerate trifecta, Brother Bry, Darren the Parlay Kid, and Harry. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's going on, buddy? I missed you guys. Last week we had Sean Fennessy going over Oscar picks uh, and, and Molly Bloom. Great. Maybe my favorite interview. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but now we're back. We're back to the nitty-gritty. College basketball. We had a lot of bets uh, this past week. Parlay Kid. You jumped in with me and Brother Bry. This is Brother Bry's idea for the combine bet. Uh, we had a best bet was Josh Allen over Josh Rosen for 40-yard time. What was well, – how'd that end up? We, I know we won. What were the numbers again? I think – and I think Brian can correct me here if I'm wrong, but I think Allen ran like a 4.76, and I think Rosen ran like a 4.85, which I think is pretty fast for him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you're talking uh, – a tenth of a second is a big deal when it comes to that. So he, Josh Allen won pretty easily on it. I think one of it, you know, the combine's great because you'd see guys do things that you could never, ever do. You're like, oh, my God, look at, look what's going on with Saquon Barkley. He puts up 30 reps at 225. I could never, ever do that. And then, like, Josh Rosen, I think one of his runs was like a 493. Is that right, Bri? I don't know. Was it his second yeah, run? Yeah, it was funny. He, yeah, he ran like a 483. Five and then a four nine three and the same thing happened with Mayfield too. He ran like a four eight something, then he ran like yeah. a four nine something right after. It was weird. And then I think four nine three. That's something I that I that I did I think in high school, and I could maybe do that now. So it's where you see the you're mystified by these great feats, and then it's like eh, all right. Some of these other guys yeah. they don't impress so you true. so much. Yeah, brother Bry. Uh, in addition to introducing us to the Allen Rosen bet, you bet UNC plus eight over Duke. You ruin the game for Master Tate. You, you do time and time again, right? <laughs> I mean, Tate, I've told you this. Like, usually I can't, I cannot get a Duke game right for the life of me. I think I'm 0 20 this year. 
this time I decided to jump on UNC, getting eight. They're up 13 in the second half. Mm-hmm. I actually changed the channel for a little bit, put it back on. They're losing with a few minutes left. It, it was just, it's my fault. I, I blew it for you, Tate. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was just one five-minute run. But the worst part about it is that at halftime when they were up, I looked and I saw the Duke was one for 11 or one for 10 from three, and I just felt it coming in the second half. And, of course, it did. <laughs> yeah. It did. Well, you might get the it. The same thing happened to me in the Miami game, though, early this year, too. They were up like 13, and within a minute and a half, it was tied. Mm-hmm. It's just, they just can't get them right, I swear. You, you, Brother Bra, you could get a chance to jinx them again. UNC Duke <laughs> possibly meet in the final. Are they on the same side? No, they're probably semifinal. on the same side, right? They're on semifinal. the same side of the bracket. Yep. Virginia would be the one seed. We're going to go over uh, conference best bets in a minute. Uh, Harry, you stayed away from all this basketball and all this combine bet, but you did have this is me for, uh, what was it, best song? I had it for best song. I had a, I had a late afternoon parlay, fifty dollars to win eight hundred. <laughs> and of course, the way it all works out, everything comes in like golden. Like you know, I had the Wild at minus two hundred; they win four one. The Nets Clippers game to go over two twenty two. It went over with like five and a half minutes left in the fourth. I had the Greek Freak for the Bucks over twenty six points versus the Sixers Sunday night. He had that by the third quarter. I had Oakland over IUPUI at minus 340 on the money line. That wins easy. And I had from the greatest showman, this is me at plus 150. <laughs> and everything was already in. So I was that was that, my last bit. And I thought, you know, after seeing the songs and seeing the greatest showman's uh, this is me, uh, that woman singing it, the heavy set, Kiela Settle singing it, and everybody, <laughs> all the props and people. I thought that was the last song. I'm like, I really, I, I, I was texting Brian. I said, I really think I'm going to win this. I think this is going to pull it off. And then that song, that awful song from Coco, <laughs> wins, wins. And that had to have been the worst song of all time. I mean, it was a total setup for that crap song to get, the per- first of all, the nomination, and second, to win. Uh, there's a, you know, so I don't know. It's just, there's a million other things. Yeah, to bet a million, on. Mil- million yeah. th- beyond awful things I'd rather hear than ever hear that song again. I mean, like... Like hearing Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones make lame post game excuses as uh, always. You know, I'd rather go. hear that. There we go. <laughs> forget about you know, forget about Darren. Forget about Jamel Hill too, right? I'd I'd even listen to disparaging voicemails from Chris Berman about me all day. <laughs> then hear that song one more time. Can, maybe eight hundred should have been mine. <laughs> but Harry, Rock. Harry, can you can you explain why you chose that song now? <laughs> well. I know, honesty, I know sure. why. I know why because it's it's about uh, the acceptance of freaks, right? And it, that, that's that appealed to you, right? Is that it? <laughs> it's a circus uh, song. Partly, but hey, listen. I, in my opinion, the greatest showman. It, it, the the whole soundtrack is the best soundtrack ever in movie history. <laughs> But that's not why you chose it. You chose it because you told me they're performing it at the Oscars, so I think it has a really good chance of winning. Yeah. Every song is performed at the Oscars. And spoken word and everything else. The heavy set woman needed to win, too. She needed (laughs) Throw her a bone. Throw her a bone. Give her the the Oscar. Harry, did you think Eddie... Harry calling heavy set. Yeah, I know. It's the greatest. (laughs) Did you think Eddie Vedder's song had a chance, too, because it was uh, performed, the In Memoriam was performed at the Oscars? No. (laughs) <laughs> that did uh, no chance. Oh boy, uh, Harry, Harry, I have to say, 
to Harry's defense, yeah. the performance of the song that song that won from Coco that night yeah, right. was abysmal. It was abysmal. My, my own kids were laughing at it. They did, <laughs> they couldn't believe uh, how terrible it was. My, I think it left the at the end of the show. I think it left a piece of confetti on Jimmy's head for a, yeah. I think a, it did. Oh, there was a, a lot. Time. There was a lot of that going around. Yeah, my <laughs> kids were laughing too, but only because I told them Harry lost eight hundred dollars on it. <laughs> and Harry, I understand though because I had so many people had the same parlay as you. They had the "This Is Me" song. With the wild uh, right. and Oakland, and after a while, I just I had to stop responding on Twitter. I was like, "All right, I get it. Everyone's on this parlor. <laughs> Enough." One one dog at plus one fifty had to win somewhere. I guess not, though. Yeah. All right. Let's stop talking about these Oscars because I'm sick of it. Real quick, though, I do want to say I hit. I did hit an Oscar parlay with all the heavy favorites. Um, you know, Sean Fennessy was on. I think he went. What did he go? Twenty for twenty four. Tate with his uh, Oscar picks. Yeah, that's what Bill was saying. Twenty for yeah, twenty-four. That's pretty good, wow. but I think I don't know if the, how great that is. It's probably it sounds good, but I know I went eight for eight. I added Kobe and I added Coco to uh, the best picture, which I picked right, and the five runaway categories. And those last in the last ten years this is from R.J. Bell. Last ten years, the big six categories: picture, director, both actor and actresses. Betting favorites of minus 500 or more going into this weekend were 29 and 0. They're now 34 and 0 because both best actors and actress and director were over 500. So that is some trend. 34 and 0. If you want to and are able wow. to jump on that uh, next year. Um, one more thing. I did have a big parlay with Justin Thomas. I'm betting the golf like crazy at the what was the Mexican tournament, Harry? I forget the name of it. I love it. I love that you're. I, I love that you're pounding the golf. I'm hooked. I love it. He eagled on 18 to yeah. force a playoff hole, and then lost to Mickelson. I think he should automatically win if you eagle 18. Right? It's like miniature golf, right, Harry? Oh, that was something. That was. That's when I touched. I said that you should. That, that was the. Uh, that was it. Where he, he puts you in the ch- in the driver's seat right there, but Phil uh, was something else. <laughs> so Harry's obviously still rattled by this. Uh, this is me loss. Right. Uh, speaking of Harry, we sold your scale. The scale that Harry weighed in on for the Super Bowl Fifty Two. Uh, he was supposed to lose fifty two pounds by Super Bowl Fifty Two, and he was to win fifty two hundred dollars, and he did it. And he signed the scale, and we sold it on eBay, and uh, I donated that money uh, three hundred and fifteen dollars. We got for a. Uh, a stupid twelve dollar nice. scale. That's nice. I donated that and I matched it for the GoFundMe for the Parkland victims. So that's good. We did something good. Um, wow, three three fifteen. Harry's a what was it? It's the area code of Oswego, right? Area code of uh, <laughs> of the Syracuse Oswego. Uh, oh, New I York forgot. Area. Yeah, I forgot it extends to Syracuse because you're, right. you're so small. Right. All right. Yeah. Three fifteen. Yeah. All right. Let's talk gambling here and. Well, I want to talk tanking in the NBA because it, it, it just drives me a little mad. Now, uh, Brother Bry, how many teams do we figure are tanking? Eight right now? Yeah, there's eight. You got the Hawks, the Magic, Knicks, Bulls, Mavericks, Kings, Suns, and Grizzlies. Okay, and we know they're tanking. Or we know one for sure is tanking. Well, we know by the results they're all tanking. But we know one for sure, the GM, or the owner rather, uh, Mark Cuban, admitted that the Mavericks are tanking. I don't know what the repercussions are of that, but it seems like it's a bad thing. Uh, nothing's being done right now. But, Brian, what are the what are the stats for these tanking things? Like, as a gambler, I'm thinking, well, this is a great thing because I have a little advantage. I know teams are not playing every night. Uh, so if they're, gonna, if they're favored to lose by 13, if they're expected to lose by 13, they're at least going to lose by 10 because they're not 
trying. So I have a better chance than I would just any other straight-up bet. But what are some of these against the uh, against the spread uh, numbers for these tankers? Yeah, so we just so a few weeks ago we had gotten on this and we're like, oh, maybe this is all like we've been struggling with bet or I've been struggling with basketball. So it's like, all right, maybe we should just be taking the tankers at this point in time. So I looked at the tankers versus the non-tankers since February first, and the tankers are thirty-two and forty-eight against the spread, and ten and seventy straight up. And out of those ten and seventy, they're one and thirty-seven straight up on the road. I mean, how awful oh. is that? So you have. The Bulls are one and eight. Knicks are zero and ten. Kings are one and nine. Suns are zero and eleven. Grizzlies are zero and ten. And then the one other stat looked like the Bulls, Knicks, and Suns are five and twenty-five against the spread in the last thirty. I mean that, that again is since, but again those are against the non-tankers that uh, against uh, they did have some game against tankers, but I don't think those should count because that's just a toss. Unbelievable, that unbelievable, and it just goes on. Tate, is this the earliest you remember? I mean, you're you're like seventeen years old, but is this the earliest you remember uh, anyone? All these teams, a con, like a, a a selected group of eight teams are losing on purpose every single night. I think the most notable thing was at All-Star break, you could look at the actual rankings, and everyone had 18 wins. There was like the six or seven teams all with exactly 18 wins, which is like the minimal you could make if you were not trying at all. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Just throwaway games basically on the road. So yeah, it, it's been a pretty bad year. I think Cuban coming out and talking about it makes it even worse. And then this is all you know the the remnants of the whole Sixers process you know, era for the past four or five years, and now everyone wants to talk about it again. So yeah, and and you look at the flip side, like the Lakers. The Lakers don't have a first round pick, am I right? Yep. Okay, so they they would be in the tank category, but they have nothing to tank for. And now you watch them playing; they're, they're fun to watch. They had a miserable record, but they're coming on strong. Lonzo Ball's like a different yep. player now. Uh, you know, uh, it is doing well. Like th- this is how teams should play, even even subpar teams. They should challenge the uh, behemoths of the league. Every night. Now, I, I asked the uh, degenerate trifecta to come up with a solution for tanking. It's not easy because every way you turn, it seems like there's a bad, there's a there's something bad about <laughs> what the plan would be. But uh, Darren Parley, kid, what do you think? How would you how would you handle this? Well, yeah. So the tanking. Would you say though, South basketball is the easiest sport of the majors to tank in? Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Probably the easiest, right? Football is hard to tank because you could get hurt. If you're really not trying, Definitely. you could get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, and hockey players uh, have a little bit more pride and they're never really out of it too early in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, in baseball, uh, you know, I don't think there's really too much tanking that goes on in baseball for their drafts. But in terms of basketball, I have I came up with an idea. So I don't even know if this is an original idea. I'm sure that this has been talked about, I think, even before. So I can't say this is my own idea. Um, but... To, I think so to prevent this taking these tanking issues, my thing is assign the lottery spots in reverse order of when you're eliminated from the playoffs. Okay, so for example, if I'm the first team, if I'm out of playoff contention, I'm the first team that is eliminated from playoff contention, I get the last lottery pick. Right. Okay, I think this, I don't know, it seems like a, it could be a simple solution. Yeah. It might even end up with the worst team really is going to get like the 14th pick in the draft or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, it's got to end somewhere, Sal. It's not right to the fans. It's not right to the consumers. Uh, but that that being said, so I can't imagine players wanting to tank. What is their reasoning for tanking? You think it's just like, are they purposely tanking? Or is it just that it's a little bit of a letdown factor when you're kind of out of it already and you're playing a team 
that there's a lot more to play for. So you think it's just more of a mental thing rather than a physical thing? With I the don't tanking? know, man. I, well, first of all, their bosses are telling them so. You know, coaches are just as uh, – just as much to blame GMs, you know, you could switch out lineups well, I, that don't actually make sense. You could miss a yeah, basket. I, I really, you could shoot 30% instead of 40%, and people really couldn't tell the difference except you. But yeah, you think their, com- think their competitive nature would uh, would sink in there. But, Brother Brian, do you have a solution? Yeah. What I thought would be maybe a good idea is something like you take the top six teams in each conference, automatically make the playoffs. Instead of eight, it's the top six. And then for the seventh and eighth spots, maybe you take – the next best records after the all-star break. So for maybe like the last 30 games, you know, if at least everybody has a chance and they're playing for something. And then also you get the hot teams into the playoffs, whether or not they're a bad team or not. I don't know if you remember, this is something similar. Like when we were in little league, they used to take the best team in the first half, best team in the second half, and yeah, then you right. play a championship. You right. know, I don't know if you remember that. But, but I think, yeah, if like in the last 25, 30 games of the season, I think, you know, that's where this tanking all happens. So mm-hmm. I think if everybody knows they still have a shot at that point to maybe make the playoffs, I think it's a reasonable idea. Yeah. All right. That's not bad. That's not bad. Harry, can you top that? Oh, maybe. I think maybe if you just find blatant, if you find blatant tanking, uh, and instead of maybe, uh, I guess you could maybe find these teams or, and if players are dogging it, find them as well. But instead of doing all that, how about just once the game's over, these teams have to stick around and they have to listen to Coco. They'll have to listen to Coco <laughs> for hours. Hours upon hours. No. I don't know why, but, uh, why I thought I'd get a serious that, answer. Do it, you know, that'll, that'll make them play a lot better. Yeah. But, uh, no, but uh, I think ultimately... So it, just, it, it, it comes down to the free agents uh, of the season coming up, and the general managers just have to figure out how to get these players, how to get some players to come to Atlanta, to Memphis, and Orlando. I mean, Adam Silver, I know, is trying to stop uh, this one-and-done thing, uh, and but it's very hard for these general managers to figure out how exactly good these players are when, look, you don't even you, – you really don't know. It's almost like uh, – from 2009 when the USC drafted Mark Sanchez and uh, in, with a fifth pick overall. Mm-hmm. How good was he? He played one year. He played one year. How did He, he was a fifth pick, and he's got 86 touchdowns, 86 career pass. Uh, um, uh, I don't know what you're trying to say. In, in interceptions. And, <laughs> okay. and it's like, yeah. where, do, where do you go with this? With the general managers, it's all on them. But when you don't know how good a player is, where are you gonna, how are you going to get these players to come to these small teams? All right, so your solution is for the general managers <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> Basically, yeah, because there is no answer. <laughs> well, I, all right, but I, no, listen, no I don't solution there by Harry. I know. I don't right. think. Uh, listen, I know they're not going to automatically compete with Golden State from, uh, after being a uh, 15 win team the year before. Although the Sixers might be proving me wrong here, but yeah, l- listen, this is what I say. Look at Sacramento. The last years. Sacramento, the last six years, has picked fifth, eighth, sixth, eighth, seventh, and fifth. That's sixth. Top ten teams in as many uh, top ten picks in as many years. I think, and they'll never ever do this. Put this on the owner. Yeah, you're right. They do have to figure out a way. The owner and the GM have to figure out a way because it's not. It's a disservice to the fans. We don't live for 300 years. If you own a team for six years, you should be able to pick outside the top ten. And if you don't, you should be able to. You should be forced to sell the team. You got Donald Sterling. He made racist comments. He was forced to sell. Probably a terrible guy, but he made comments. Is that is that um, 
is that going to threaten the integrity of the game as much as tanking, as much as a guy who admits that he's tanking in the league? I don't know. I don't, the, the teams that are trying to lose, get rid of those owners. Let them sell it because that's what they're doing. They're just sitting back and making sure they don't care if the team doesn't make the playoffs. They want to make $70 million, $80 million, $100 million on this franchise 10, 20 years from now. Tate, is there is there a solution or are we just spinning our wheels? Should they listen to Coco? I think they should listen to Coco. Okay. I think that's what we should do. Good good idea, Harry. I was going to say I felt bad that the, the, it wasn't over when the fat lady sang. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's a good point. Shit, Tate, where were you? That would have been a great uh, joke that Jimmy could have uh, Yeah, I saved it just for this podcast, just for Harry. <laughs> oh, that would have been good for the top of Act 10. All right, let's take a break real quick. You know, for over 30 years, men have trusted Just For Men to provide easy gray care solutions. Now, they can trust Just For Men to provide a hair regrowth solution as well. Formulated with the number one dermatologist recommended ingredient proven to regrow hair, 5% minoxidil, hair regrowth from Just For Men is an easy to use topical solution that's clinically proven to help regrow hair. It works by reactivating hair follicles to stimulate regrowth, perfect for men with thinning hair. Plus, with a unique precision spray applicator, This is hair regrowth made easy. Simply spray in, sit back, move on. Because when you look as good as you feel on the inside, every date night, every meeting, every guy's night out will become something to look forward to. Start winning over thinning. Look for one and three month supplies of hair regrowth in the shave aisle. Or visit jfmgrowhair.com and use promo code REGROWTH25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's jfmgrowhair.com. Use promo code REGROWTH25 for 25% off. All right, we're back with uh, Master Tate and the Degenerate Trifecta. We're talking basketball. We just talked about tanking. But maybe the tanking doesn't matter. Maybe there's just, for gambling purposes, there's one bet to make. And that's, as far as I'm concerned, the Golden State Warriors to win the title. It's minus 180. It's 180 to win 100. If you don't think they're going to win the title, you can bet 100 to win 145. Um, Brother Bry, is this the bet to make? Yeah, it's the bet. I've been I've been talking about this, I think, for the last week. I think it's between minus 175 and minus 180. I don't think you're going to get better than odds than that the rest of the year. And if, if you're going to take the no at plus 145, then you might as well just take the Rockets at, uh, I think they're plus 350. Oh, good. I would not, it, it's going to be one of those two teams. There's There's nobody else. That yeah. has a chance this year, I don't think so. But I think we'll we'll be kicking ourselves at one point in time when the, when Golden State's like minus three hundred. Oh, of one course, of their, at some point in one of their series. Of so course, we should just do it now. Well, especially we should probably do it now because the Rockets have won sixteen in a row, and everyone's in love with the Rockets, and they haven't figured out that Golden State has won nine out of ten. Um, so right. yeah, this is this is maybe our going to be our best chance to do this. Harry, do you agree? You would never take minus one eighty. That's too rich for your blood, right? Right, I'm all over the no at plus one of forty five, and I also like, like Brian just said too. It ultimately boils down to the Rockets. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> as of right now, they're the, they'd be the number one seed uh, if the season were to end today. They have the best home record in the West. They lead the NBA in point differential at eight point eight points per game, and they have the best conference record in the West with thirty one wins, four more than Golden State at twenty seven, which is a significant discrepancy. Um, we know Harden's stats and that he's probably the favorite for the MVP, but uh, very underrated supporting cast is what could push Houston over the top and, and dethrone Golden State. I mean, Golden State, this team is not as good as it was last year. Uh, they are one loss away, 
with 18 games remaining from tying their season total of losses from last year, and the Warriors already have more conference losses than they did all of last season. The Rockets are playing almost 800 ball compared to 671 last year. I think the plus 145, like Brian said, at plus 350 taking the Rockets for the championship. That's the play. All right. Uh, Rockets have won two out of three against Golden State so far this year. Uh, is that it, or do they have one more? That might be it. Maybe they have one more. Uh, the way I look at it, though, if you take the minus 180, worst-case scenario, I think, for Golden State is Game 7 versus the Rockets. And I know they're not going to be – you're not going to be able right. to bail out totally then, but you you could make a little back there. I think that's worst case. Darren, Parley kid, do you agree? I agree with that, Sal. And you know what I already did. I mean, I yeah. parlayed that with uh... – Harden winning the MVP and mm-hmm. Simmons winning the Rookie of the Year. I, I think I'm getting plus 180 uh, with them with Golden State winning the title. So uh, right, I like that. Uh, but you know, I, I'm really into the parlays, so uh, mm-hmm. I put it with something. But I think your thought is, is exactly on the money. It would go the Warriors if they're losing, they're losing in a Game Seven, and I guess you could um, hedge your losses or, or whatever right. at that point. Yeah, All right, Master Tate. You don't like any. I think you and Simmons like the Rockets. I talked to you briefly about it the other day. I well, I, I think the Warriors. I still think the Warriors are going to repeat. And I, as I look at it now, the Warriors are only half a game back of the Rockets. I think whoever gets that one seed in the West is the team to be scary uh, to worry about, especially if the Blazers are the three seed. Because uh, I don't like the Warriors against the Blazers. I think that's a bad matchup for them. At least it's going to have to go six games. So if the Warriors get the one seed and take on Pelicans or T Wolves, or and they have the one four matchup. I think uh, I would stick with the Warriors. Don't okay. get don't get lost in all this other stuff. Yeah, don't get lost, right? It's yeah, your, it's yeah. the Warriors. I know. That's it. Take one team. Don't worry about all these other teams tanking, and then uh, you'll you'll thank yourself around Father's Day, right? When it comes to fruition. <laughs> uh, let's talk conference tournaments in the NCAA. Uh, they already started. Some of these started Tuesday for the big conferences, um, but the top four seeds in every conference. I don't think they play until Thursday, which is probably when. At the earliest you're listening to this podcast, let me just go over this real quick. ACC Duke is favored at seven to four. Virginia eleven to five, despite being the one seed, is a second favorite. Tate uh, Master Tate's team, North Carolina eleven to two. Clemson twelve to one. Kansas two to one. Um, didn't win it last year. They're not an automatic win for this Big Twelve. West Virginia thirteen to four. Texas Tech four to one. TCU thirteen to two. Uh, and the Big East, Villanova, they seem to get tripped up a lot in this this spot. They're five to six to win it. Xavier thirteen to four. Creighton and Seton Hall seventeen to two. Uh, what are some other big ones? Arizona and the Pac twelve. That's that seems to be wide open. That's seven to four. USC seven to two. UCLA six to one. And the SEC, some weird names at the top. Teams: Auburn fifteen to four. Tennessee fifteen to four. Florida four to one. Kentucky nine to two. Um, and those are the big conferences. We're each going to pick. One conference, one winner. We're going to start with Harry. Well, I'm going to go to the Big East Conference, and I'm going to take Xavier at 13-4 to to win the Big East Conference Tournament. They're the number one seed, but like you just said, Nova's the favorite. But head coach Chris Mack has made this team a powerhouse. Senior Trevon Blewett getting 19 and a half a game. He's been fantastic. Shoots 44% from three. Uh, Xavier's only loss... Uh, two teams in the Big East this year. They lost to Providence, and they've lost to Villanova twice. So it's it's tough to beat a team, as they always say, three times, and especially of Xavier's caliber. I mean, they, they're probably going to be a number one seed heading into the tournament next week. So, 
at 13 to 4, I think that's fantastic value. And included in with if they do meet Villanova in the finals, I'm bringing back into, I know during football season I used this once or twice, the do theory. Xavier has lost four straight games to Villanova. Mm-hmm. They were a 10 seed, a 4 seed, a 15 seed, and a 24 seed when they played Villanova, and they've lost four straight to the Wildcats. 24 the theory seed. comes in. If it's Xavier, Villanova in the finals, I like Xavier even more. All right. All right. Look, can I just say something about the, the Xavier pick? And uh, you're going to deny it, but I know this is true. It's a little, just another little, oh, okay. little tick that I I know about Harry. Harry gets caught up <laughs> in weird letters of the alphabet. So if you're a team that starts with X, he's going to love you. He's going to find a way to love you. Harry rooted for the Quebec Nordiques for no goddamn reason for 30 years of his life uh, in the NHL. That was his team before moving to uh, Arizona and rooting for the, the horrible uh, Phoenix Coyotes. But, uh, Peter Stastny, Joe Sackick. Yeah, Come on, I, I love know. those guys. You bought the jacket. When we first met you, you had a Quebec, Quebec Nordiques jacket only because it started with Q. You're lying if you say it didn't start. It, that that wasn't the genesis of this uh, this love affair. With they had a hell of a, that was a hell of a logo. That was a hell of a logo. You like Quebec? If if Zaire had a major league baseball team, you would root for them. <laughs> Xavier starts with an X. Harry's going with them at thirteen to four. All right, brother Bry, what's Quitar, your baby? The Quatar Open, remember? Yeah, you see stuff like that. Brother Bry, what what do you like? You have a, what's yeah, your favorite? Gonna, I like Tennessee plus four hundred to win the SEC championship. I I like watching them all year. I, I kind of got hooked on them early in the season. They were playing Villanova. I bet Villanova against them. Yeah, Tennessee was up like fifteen early. Villanova came back to win, but I just I liked watching them play. I liked watching the kid Grant Williams play. Uh, they've been really hot uh, the last seventeen games. They're fourteen and three, and in that span, they've beaten Kentucky twice and Florida. I just the main reason I like them though. I mean, it's really simple. It's just I think they have the best part of the bracket in the SEC. That they'll play the winner of Mississippi State LSU, and then they'll have Florida in the semis. Whereas like Florida has to play probably Arkansas, Kentucky will have to play Missouri, Auburn might have to play Bama or, or Texas A&M. So I think they're in the best spot, the easiest spot to come out, and I think uh, four to one odds is pretty good for that. All right, and and another reason to root for Tennessee is our our maniac friend Brad is a big Volunteers fan. Of course, uh, we, of course, and we we actually saw yes the uh, we saw Tennessee blow that game against UNC at Simmons House. With that Brad was UNC. That so was <laughs> yes, he was spin, another reason spinning around Simmons Man Cave, and then uh, then you know <laughs> he uh, he had like a, a few fruit by the foots, and that was it. He was fine again after that loss. But <laughs> I'm actually going against you here, Brian. I'm going with Florida at four to one in the SEC. I like them. I think, like, you know, they get they lost to Tennessee by five in Knoxville, and then they beat Auburn, who was a one seed at the time. It was still one, you know, they were like a solid one at the time. They beat Alabama, who was who was like really trying. They're a bubble team, and then they they crushed Kentucky last week. Um, in uh, what was that last Sunday or something? I don't know, but they have Auburn. Kentucky winner probably in the finals if they got that far, if they got past Tennessee. I really like that. I like what Mike White's done with the team. They have the momentum. Um, you know, they had this great outside threat, the guard, Jalen Hurts. He had 27 against Auburn, 22 against Florida. It's a really athletic team. And uh, if I can't take Michigan to win the Big Ten, I think I'm going to go with Florida to win the SEC. Uh, Parley Kid, what do you like? You're going with your A-10, right? Yeah, so I'm picking the mid-major A-10 conference because, you know, I'm an A-10 guy. Yeah. Um, 
I so look, I'm taking the favorite Rhode, Rhode Island, but being that they're actually you know in the money, getting plus one forty uh, for them, I think it, it's easy money. Listen, they won their first thirteen A ten games this year. Mm-hmm. They won this tournament last year. They hit a little speed bump here uh, towards the end of the season, finishing at two and three in the conference. They have a great coach in Dan Hurley. He wants to right the ship before the big tournament, and they're going to play with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, four of their five leading scorers are seniors. I think that always bodes well in these type of tournaments. These guys are going to want to leave a little bit of a lasting impression, a little bit of a legacy, win the uh, A-10 tournament in back-to-back years. So I think getting them at uh, plus 140, uh, I really like uh, Rhode Island. I think they're going to... They're going to win a game or two in the NCAA tournament, even though the A-10 is down this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to really help them get through this tournament as well. It's really them and St. Bonaventure. The, they're probably the only two teams that are going to make it with Davidson having an outside shot and making yeah. the tournament. So I think Rhode Island cruises in this tournament and wins it. They're fun, Rhode Island. and I swear one of those 18-10 teams usually pulls a big upset or two in the NCAA tournament, and we'll talk more about that next week. All right, so uh, so it's going to be hard maybe to find conference odds by the time you listen to this podcast. I think they'll still be up, but Rhode Island, Tennessee, Florida, Brian and I disagree, and Xavier, those are the four. Uh, I guess bet them money line until the end because we like uh, we like all four of those uh Master Tate, what's the best thing you heard in the last five minutes other than that Harry owned the Quebec Nordiques jacket? That was actually the best thing I heard. Congratulations, okay. Harry. Yeah. I was also going to say you probably love that Vin Diesel movie, Triple X, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> as far as the People odds. People say I look like him. You do. People say I look like him. You look better. <laughs> you look saying, better. Who the hell's saying that? Blind <laughs> people. Well, <laughs> I like oh Tate's God. in on it now. Oh. Who'd you like, Tate? <laughs> I really like Tennessee. I really, I really like Tennessee too. Uh, I'm happy I'm making Harry laugh right now. Uh, I, a real sleeper I have is Notre Dame. Uh, they're the 10 seed in the ACC. Bonzi Colson has been out for eight weeks. He just got back. They're fully healthy. They just beat Virginia Tech. They have Duke in the next round. Duke, uh, they they're they're hot or cold with the ACC tournaments. Either they go all the way in and win, or they they make an early exit. I could see Mike Bray getting revenge on Coach K. Um, so Notre Dame, I don't know what the odds are, but that's a big sleeper. That uh, by the time you listen to this, they probably already lost to Duke. So. <laughs> No, no. How could that be? Oh, yeah. I guess that could happen. Uh, what are the uh, twenty to one odds? Yeah, not so, a, not as good as I would like. Well, it'll be a little less now because they won. This was before they won the last two games, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, but know. if you like them, Sal, just bet Notre Dame the next right. three games. You know, you're gonna get. That's you can bet them the next three games and get twenty to one odds. Right. You'll you get know? there. That's right. That's yeah, the way yeah, you'll still get there anyway. Which is basically Brian saying all these odds are a scam <laughs> to win the conference. <laughs> right, right. Especially, yeah, if, yeah, especially if, you're, time, yeah. if you're riding an underdog, just ride them in the individual games. Uh, all right, yeah, let's take a break and hear from my bookie. All right, guys, it's time to talk to you about the boatload of money you can make this week betting at MyBookie. If you haven't checked them out, it's a perfect time to get into the action. The madness of March is here. We've been talking about it for 40 minutes. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at MyBookie.ag. You're sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Come join MyBookie today. I urge you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. Fast and without any hassles. They even have in-game live betting. Oh, I love it. So you can even place a bet after tip-off. That's the only way to do it, by the way. Join now, and MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. You can even enter for a chance to win their million-dollar bracket challenge. Just use the promo code SAL to activate offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. 
All right, we're back. Against all odds with Cousin Sal, we have Master Tate Frazier working the board. We have the degenerate trifecta. One of the members, actually two of them, are stuck in a blizzard right now. Brother Bry is staying in the city, and the parlay kid, Darren, had to go to school, and the power is uh, threatening it. What, it's blinking over there? Yeah, it's blanking right now. All right. All right. So we'll try to get you through this. We're at the home stretch here. Listen, but this is very important. Our make-believe props, we bring them to life. And Cousin Sal's make-believe Riverboat Casino. You know, last Sunday, Kobe Bryant took home an Oscar for Best Animated Short. This week's make-believe prop of the week, over under four and a half years before another professional athlete, former or current, wins an Academy Award. I looked it up. I can't find a professional athlete that's ever won an Academy Award before. We'll let you speak uh, first, uh, since we might lose you here, Parley Kid. What do you think? Over or under four and a half years before this happens again? Oh, Sal, listen. Kobe wins this Academy Award for a six-minute film Yeah. for a poem he called Dear Basketball. Mm-hmm. And then he says it's getting, winning this Academy Award is better than any of the championships he won for the NBA. <laughs> He did say that, right? I can't believe right? it. Yeah. I can't believe it. So, yeah. Sal, I wrote Kobe a poem. Can I read it? Sure, go ahead. It's called Dear Kobe. <laughs> and it goes, Dear Kobe, you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe is on our show. He's on Jimmy Kimmel Live tomorrow or today when you're listening to it. I may just have to read that to him. I love that. It does. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. You might want to work on the and, rhymes, uh, but th- that's good. <laughs> It's not much of a poem, maybe just no. a short essay. Right, right, right. That I penned to him. Yeah. And uh, it's a haiku. So I'm going to say this is going over. This is a, uh, you know, once in a, I don't yeah. know how long. Like you said, as, as far as we know, or you know, and I think we've all probably done a little bit of research on it, no athlete has won some type of Academy Award. So we're going to go over it. I think the only possibility here, Sal, mm-hmm. is Baron Davis. Really? Because we know that he dabbles a little bit in the film industry. Yeah. Actually does a little bit more than dabble in the film industry. Maybe he's a long shot for this. But right now, I would take the over. Yeah. I think there's a couple long shots. I, you know what? I'll agree. I'll bid my pick now. I'm going to go over. But I think, you know, Dwayne Johnson, what if he does a serious, like, war movie or something? I could see him getting consideration. Uh, mm. uh, OJ. What if OJ, they do <laughs> Naked Gun three and a half? He could He could be on the consideration. Uh, Mike Tyson, Hangover 3. Right in there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I would say over. Brother Bry, you going over as well? Uh, yeah, I'll say over as well. Although I, I'm sure at this point on all the athletes are looking at this figure and like, what yeah. can I do to win an Oscar mm-hmm. now? I'm sure they're all gun- gunning for this. But Darren lied. It wasn't six minutes. It was like three and a half minutes. <laughs> it, was, it was Kobe stenciled with orchestra music. So yeah. if you have an orchestra in the background, there's a good chance you can win uh, an Oscar. Oh, I, yeah. I could even make him. I'm thinking I'm making a sketch about Harry two and a half minutes long. With an orchestra, we might win next year. Oh, that's good. Best animated film. Yeah, ha- have the Coco have music in the back. Have your brother Keith do it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to yeah. do it. Keith would be great for it, but, you know, so this is what Kobe did. And I like Kobe, but he, he bought the Oscar. He paid $5 million. He had this composer, John Williams, laid down all the tracks. It was great. Uh, and like the Parley Kid said, he wrote a little poem, had some great animation or animators behind it. He had big names behind it. And you know what? In a category like this, people see it and they're from L.A. and they're like, oh, Kobe, I'm not even going to watch the rest of these. I'm going to vote for Kobe. It was like 
It was Tate. That that was a that was a lock of all locks, right? Yeah, and he celebrated like it was a surprise. Of, yeah. Like, of course you're going to win, Kobe. <laughs> right. Uh, I was going to say under on this because I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think it's about time he gets like an honorary. <laughs> they, they revisit airplane and give him an honorary Oscar. There you go. <laughs> I guess the right. honorary thing would count. I, and I was also thinking, I don't know if this would count, but Schwarzenegger was a professional bodybuilder. If this would count towards our under, but <laughs> maybe he gets an honorary. Award for introducing the genre of the Terminator movies, or so I don't know. I could see something stupid happening like that. Harry, let's go to you. Over under four and a half years before another professional athlete wins an Academy Award. You know, I'm going to take a shot and I'm going to go with the under four and a half because I had I had also was going to mention what if The Rock gets some magical role where he gets uh, a leading actor and he and he can and, uh, the lead role and he gets uh, and he pulls off something amazing. Uh, you could also maybe throw in like. I don't know. Maybe one of the now that Kobe did this, maybe some women come up with something like a Lindsey Vaughn or uh, where they do something as well, where they have the funds for it. Or what's even gonna for on the women's side? And what's even gonna stop LeBron from maybe coming up with something something similar like that? He's got the funds as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna take the under. Yeah, I was thinking it could be someone like Koretsky. First of all, you have to have the money to do what like Kobe did it, but I mean, all these guys have the money, but and you have to have the time. I'd say like Wayne Gretzky did some like hockey short or something and uh, put it to music, right? And, and that could be it. All right, well that's it. That's Cousin Sal's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Someone under, someone over. Our ridiculous prop of the week over under four and a half years before another professional athlete wins an Academy Award. Now let's let's visit our mailbag. You know. We have this uh, Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame. It's being built in Pahrump, Nevada. We've run into permit problems. We started breaking ground. We made a mistake. We broke ground before we got the permits, and now we're slowed up. But we hope to have it up, uh, the building erect by uh, next football season. Uh, What do we have, about 10 or 12 members in the Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame? I think that's, I don't know, maybe a little less. That might be high. We might have a Isn't I? Maybe we have seven or eight or something. But anyway, write us an email at Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. Give us your take on why you should be inducted into the Dege- Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame. We got a letter this week from uh, Ben Brinegar. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name. Um, it says, Hey, Sal, I've been wanting to reach out to you guys for a while. This past December, my father passed away after a near year long battle with cancer. Throughout this whole process, he had hours of waiting room, doctor visits, and other periods of long downtime. I suggested to him, I load up his phone with couple of podcasts to pass the time. He loved listening to you guys, even to a point of writing down your picks on a legal pad as I drove him to appointments. For an hour every week, it was nice to forget everything and listen to the podcast and watch him furiously scribble down sharp tank picks just to <laughs> often fade them. Sorry, guys. The real story, though, comes at his funeral. While everyone is entering and coming through to greet the family and offer condolences, I notice a man hanging to the edge of the bulk of the people never approached anyone, but a couple of my dad's buddies from his hometown, which I thought was strange. I eventually got close to hear him, recognize his voice, but I still can't place who he is. I chalked it up to an old acquaintance I met long ago, but I couldn't shake the feeling that I knew this man's voice. After everything had settled down, we were having lunch, and he came up to the table and asked if I could come inside for a moment. If he can come inside for a moment. He said, hey, Ben, my name is Don. I'm your dad's old friend and bookie. At this moment, a million things ran through my head. 
but it became clear that this was the voice on the other end of the phone I've called in bets for when my dad was feeling too sick or lost his voice, but still wanted to have a little action. I asked him, please don't tell me you talked to my mom, as I'm sure meeting her dead husband's bookie at his funeral had no way to end positively. He told me he wanted to talk about my dad's account. Now, my father was always a small better, 10 to $20 a game, but just to make it uh, interesting. So I figured, what did he owe, 40 bucks? I'll just pay it and go back inside. He said my dad was up a couple hundred and wanted to make sure it got back to us. After the initial shock, he told me he wanted to send him a check, but my dad always wanted to keep it in there for the next season. I'm not shocked that even staring down stage four cancer, one of his final bets was on himself to make it to the next year. To make an already long story short, I took the cash, went on a nice run in the NFL playoffs, Pulled it out after an Eagles money line over Super Bowl parlay. Gave half to my mom and took the other half and threw it in my online account so I could still bet with my dad next season. Sounds corny, I know. Although my father has no chance at making the degenerate Hall of Fame by previous metrics of money lost or responsibilities abandoned for 2 a.m. Korean handball match, I think he deserves a mention for his perseverance, placing a wager in the hospital just a couple days before he passed away. I think I can speak for all of us that if your bookie comes to your funeral to pay out you have led a good life. I miss him every day, but listening to you guys make picks and bust balls always makes my week better. Keep up the good work. Harry, keep those pounds off, brother. Ben from the Berg. Wow, that's that's as good as it gets. I that's felt, awesome. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. And now we, now we vote, Harry. Um, you let Ben down by not keeping the pounds off, but maybe you could uh, uh, take a step towards inducting his dad into the Hall of Fame. Thumbs up or down? Oh, let's put him in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Ben, yeah. your dad is in. I agree. All right, Brother Bry? Yeah, this is an automatic. This is probably the best uh, best one we've gotten yet, so he's definitely in. Definitely in here. All right, Darren. Parley, kid, you're going to say no? Yeah, I mean, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I thought Harry might say no. He didn't let the guy who was uh, dealing with the hurricane uh, months ago in, so yeah, I was yeah, a little yeah. worried about it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, this, uh, slam dunk 100% in, I, I love this, uh, email, uh, God bless, uh, uh, those, uh, those, uh, Ben and his dad and, uh, yeah. wow. Great, yeah. great stuff. Ben. You know, I think you know, yeah. gambling made the guy happy to the bitter end and he, and he went out a winner in many ways. And that's, I think that's enough to get him into our hall of fame. Um, and I'm going to throw something out there. I think the honest bookie. Uh, that showed up at the funeral to pay oh, pay man. his debts. I think he's uh, he's up for enshrinement as well. I'm going to put him in, uh, right? I mean, you don't see that anymore. Wow, yeah, that's impressive. I, I, bookie of the year, bookie of the year. Yeah. He should be in, but if we can get his code name, his code name would be great. Oh, you Whatever want his code name? By. All right, well, we'll try to get his code name. name. Maybe Ben from the Berg can uh, send us his uh, code yeah. name. And if you have a story, doesn't have to be that sad, but uh, if you want to be inducted into the. Uh, Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame, or just want to shoot us a line, do it at cousin sal against all odds at gmail.com. All right, guys, that's it. I'm excited for next week. Tate, you ready? Oh, I'm locked in. I feel bad at making you and uh, Titus come on because I know you don't love gambling. It, it, I think it, <laughs> it, it kind of interferes with the purity of what you guys speak of every week. Well, the problem with gambling for me is that you have to have money. Right, right, right. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> that is a problem. Oh, Harry's still bad. That's right. That's right. That's why Harry and I hang no, out. <laughs> you just have to like Coco. That's the only thing. You don't even really need money. But uh, I look forward to that. Harry, where are you on Twitter? A-A-O Harry. All right. Brother Bry? 
I'm at BFZOK816. Uh, yeah, this week we got a lot of stuff coming up. So uh, if you guys have any uh, questions, we got some uh, some wrestling questions, some basketball questions. I'm I'm up for it. Oh but, yeah, yeah, the college wrestling is mm-hmm. going on. Is that is that uh that's a head right of uh, NCAA basketball? That's right at the same time. Same, same time, same day too. And Darren and I are going to be there. Right when basketball's on too. So. You're in Cleveland so, next, gonna... not this weekend, next weekend, right? Next weekend, yep. Okay, that's great. And uh, Parley Kid, where people catch you? At the Chalk Talker, Sal. Hook me up, guys, and uh, hit me up, I should say. And, uh, yeah, there's a little wrestling cat, Sal. We can't, uh, Brian and I cannot wait to head out to Cleveland for that NCAA wrestling tournament. All right, you know what? We'll give that a brief uh, mention next week. That's that's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it's fun to watch on TV. I know you guys have a ball uh, watching in person. It was at the Garden a couple of years ago, right? Is that right? No doubt. It was yeah. awesome. All right, Tate? Yes, you're uh, at Tate Frazier, uh, at yeah. One Shining Podcast. Myself, Mark Titus, we're locking in for all uh, March Madness stuff coming up. So it'll be fun, and we're excited. We appreciate you guys having us on next week. And, uh, yeah, it'll be good. I'm pumped. Let's find, let, let's make money next week, huh, guys? Enough of it. this stuff. Enough. Let's just figure it out and make money. All right? Come on now. Let's do it for ben, ben from the Berg. Let's do it for his old man. Uh, that'll do it for right. another episode of Against the Odds of Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live, 1135 tonight, every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta and Tate Frazier. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicap. Hair regrowth from Just For Men is an easy-to-use topical solution that's clinically proven to help regrow hair. Formulated with the number one dermatologist-recommended ingredient proven to regrow hair, 5% minoxidil, it works by reactivating hair follicles to stimulate regrowth. Perfect for men with thinning hair. Plus, with a unique precision spray applicator, this is hair regrowth made easy. Simply spray in, sit back, and move on. Start winning over thinning. Look for hair regrowth in the shave aisle or visit JFM growhair.com and use promo code regrowth25 to get 25% off your purchase.